hello everyone and welcome back to the Tycoon Podcast. It's been a long break, but we are back with the Slam Dunk Review with episodes 15 through 32. Uh, with me, instead of Don and Tom from last time, is Chris. Hola. And Casey. Hey there. So to start things off, I just want to uh, get your first impressions of Slam Dunk, how you got into it, and um, get your thoughts on the first 14 episodes. Then we'll take a short break and go into the last however many episodes. Um, so Casey, start us off. How did you stumble upon Slam Dunk, and um, what do you think of these first 14 episodes? Uh, I really enjoy the manga work of Takahiko Inoue, so that's more or less my entry point, although I will admit I haven't uh, really gotten into Slam Dunk properly, but I've known about it for going on, man, 20 years now. It's it's one of those things that in early fandom you'd kind of hear about, but there wasn't a lot of ways to get into it unless you lived outside of the U.S., uh, despite, of course, it being about American basketball. Or, or just global basketball, I guess. That's a global sport these days. Um, these days and, it is, but 20 years ago. Not so much, but s- things like Slam Dunk definitely helped ignite that spark. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this was also one of the first series that I became aware had uh, a lot of male um, male ships attached to it. Because even in the, <coughs> even in the early days of uh, fan fiction, you would still sometimes see... Uh, slam dunk things trickle in, and they were almost always about somebody's uh, pairing between the players. And uh, to be honest, this is my first time watching the anime, so I did that specifically for this show, and uh, I, I marathoned 32 episodes straight just so I could have this conversation, because I'd, I'd read some of the early volumes of the manga, and I intend to collect a lot of this and uh, Inoue's other basketball manga about wheelchair basketball real later this year but yeah this was uh this was very much an interesting uh segue into the world of slam dunk properly uh chris casey have you guys read real no yeah it, it ranks really highly on my list since i'm interested in the disability advocacy themes and i think that inoue is a really masterful manga artist so it's something i plan to read this year but no i haven't gotten to it yet I just read the first eight volumes of that, and um, a little sidebar here, but it is definitely advocating of uh, of people in wheelchairs. Like, there's a moment when a character, no spoilers, but a character has to go back to school now in a wheelchair, and immediately upon entering, there's steps up to the shoe lockers. It's like, all right, we're going to need a ramp here. Um, there's no elevators or wheelchair accessible places to get to the second floor, so then they go ramp there. And eventually it just gets to the point where the teacher says, um, you know, maybe, uh, high school isn't for you anymore. Ugh. Well, I- I'm, I'm glad Inoue is shining a light on this then. <laughs> yeah, that was the moment where, like, this is, this is not just about wheelchair basketball, this is also about people in wheelchairs and, I- and the struggles they face. It's about social change. Yes. Well, that's going to that's going higher up on my priorities list then. It also points out about basketball. Like, there's this one coach that 
is relegated to covering wheelchair basketball instead of real basketball. Real, quote-unquote. Um, and he's just frustrated that the Japanese don't care at all about basketball, which is the changing times, I guess, now. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I digress. Chris, how did you get into Slam Dunk, and what did you think of these 14 episodes? Well... I'm a little worse off than Casey, so I've known about Slam Dunk for many, 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 many years. Uh, just like he said, you know, it's always been something that you've heard about. Um, and I first saw the manga of Slam Dunk before I really got into, you know, the world of manga. So it was just this thing that I saw. I didn't know what it was, and I was like, that looks kind of interesting. Oh, it's like a million volumes. Never mind. Um, and that's kind of the same thing with all of Inoue's work. You know, I would see Slam Dunk and Vagabond uh, at the bookstore, but it was always just like, I don't even really know what it is, so I always would just ignore it. Um, in recent years, I've been wanting to go and dive into it a little bit more, but I never got in. I never did. That's why when you said that you were going to go through all of Slam Dunk, I was like, sure, sign me up, because it kind of forces me to finally – dive in so <laughs> this is literally my absolute first introduction to both uh inoue's work and slam dunk even though i've just kind of known that it existed for many many years um regarding the first 14 episodes it's kind of amazing <laughs> um it's basically like for, forget the fact that it's a basketball manga because you know, we, we talk over and over again about how some people are hesitant to get into sports manga or anime because, oh, I'm a nerd. I don't like sports, et cetera, et cetera. This is totally a delinquent manga. Uh, <laughs> what I, I was like three or four episodes into it, um, and I was just talking to Corey online. Um, just It's a delinquent series. It, it, for people who don't quite understand, delinquent manga and anime was a thing in the 80s and early 90s. Um, it's kind of having a revival now, too. Which is awesome. Um, <laughs> I, I still need to go back and finish reading like the last four volumes of Crows. But anyway, um, one of the interesting bits from when I was talking to Corey about how awesome delinquent manga is, um, I mentioned to Corey, I was like, a series that you need to watch is Sakigake Otogojuko. And I was like, it's like the best delinquent series ever. It's a comedy, but it's also a fighting action series. It's everything. And then I just started browsing on my phone, looking up the, uh, the talent behind the slam dunk anime. And the director of slam dunk was also the director of Sakigake Otogojuko. <laughs> so small world. Um, he's a, he's a specialist in this case. Absolutely. And that really shines through. Like even after watching, especially the first 14 episodes, you know, I, I'm almost to a point where I'm like, you know, I don't even know if I really want to read the manga because watching the anime, you can see, um, the artistic, um, license that's used for all of these comedy bits and everything revolving the delinquents <laughs> and it works so well that I almost don't want to go to the static images of the manga proper because it's just the comedy and everything is on point. Um, no, the, the series is kind of kind of amazing. Um, 
let, let, let me say real quick to that, just because I have, you know, I have to defend manga. That's pretty much my role. <laughs> I'm a big uh, manga guy. I'm not. I'm not an anti manga person. So no, no, I don't. I don't take. I don't think that is as as what that's what you are. I'm just gonna say to the manga's credit, uh, Inoue is a. When I say he's a master draftsman, he is just so good at making really, really detailed art that the you know the images the images would seem like they'd be static, but he's just he's so hyper detailed in a way that jump manga isn't always, <laughs> uh, and it it works beautifully. So I still recommend at least looking at it. Although I get what you're saying, yeah, and, and I still might. You know, I, I was. I almost bought the manga um, around Christmas time when Right Stuff did the uh, the sale where they had the bundles, but the bundles only lasted for like three or four days, and I didn't have the cash for during those three or four days. I had that same problem. <laughs> like if 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 they had that sale throughout the entirety of the the holiday sale, I probably would have would have jumped on it. But no, it was just a a temporary thing. Um, and another thing that I really love about slam dunk that is really um really emphasized in the first 14 episodes is the manga may have started in 1990 and the anime may have started in 1993 but this is totally a fucking 80s anime to the hilt and that speaks to me very personally (laughs) the the character designs the style of the comedy the timing um the animation the uh, absolutely everything and the opening it's like the greatest opening ever. Oh, the um, opening is so good. It is so good. But yeah, it's totally an 80s series that just happened to come out in the early 90s. Um, and I really appreciate that. It makes it, it, it was easier for me on a, like a comfort level, you know, because some of the early 90s series, they look kind of wonky, especially when you're getting to the mid 90s, 93, 94, when the anime started. But it just, everything about it appealed to my sensibilities. Um, and it was a great introduction leading up into the first practice game. So most of the beginning was just silly character bits getting you to know the main uh, the main cast. I just, I loved it. Um, in regards to the games, did you guys ever feel like the animation was kind of lacking? Um, of, of course. It's, it's a Toei series from the early 90s. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I thought that the whole way, but, you know... Because I have seen Kuroko's basketball, which the animation during the games in Kuroko's is stunning, and it's you know ridiculous, ridiculous and fast paced, and it's just a feast for the eyes. What works really well in Slam Dunk's favor is that the style of the way that they play is is more realistic, you know. It's not crazy, you know, super-powered basketball jumps and being in the zone and all kinds of insanity. It's, you know, just ten people on a court going back and forth, and they they move and they behave more like real people do. So having more of a limited animation, um, it it just it felt more natural. It didn't feel like it was missing anything because it was rooted very much in how they play. It, it didn't feel like it was holding it back. It was complementing the style of the play. But then again, it is a Toei series from the early '90s, so yeah, it's it it, it has some cheats here and there. Um, you go ahead, Casey. Oh no, you go ahead. Sorry. No, I already said go ahead. We can't. 
we can't fight over this. Um, just in regards to the in the animation, uh, as, you know, as you guys were discussing about Kuroku's basket being a, a bit more hyper detailed, obviously because of modern animation techniques, budgets, etc. And this, as you said, being a Toei series, which has never really been a mark of quality. Um, it, I think it's still helpful, though, that this is a series that, at least to the point we've watched, is about a character learning the fundamentals of the game. So it really doesn't have to be very flashy at this point. Although later on in some of the episodes, where, some of the specific episodes we're going to talk about, there are some really inspired bits of animation, mm. and I would like to talk about those in more detail when we get to them. Yeah, it, it does have its flashes of, you know, great animation, um, so I, I wasn't bothered by it at all. You know, I'm used to, you know, from 80s anime and stuff like the, the overuse of freeze frames, um, uh, the, the, the static movement where you just like, it looks like someone's shaking the background to make it look like they're moving. There's no watercolor though. <laughs> there, there, there is no pastels or watercolors, but it's, it's okay. I mean, my particular issue was that it felt more like the, uh, the animation was just the panels moving, so I had a very hard time figuring out uh, where on the court they were and um, how how much time is passing. I mean, I have the same issue of time passing in Kuroko's, but I didn't really have an issue of where they were on the court that I did with Slam Dunk. Yeah, well, I mean, this is a series where characters can slam dunk from half court. <laughs> so, which happens a lot. Dunk. Yes, although there is surprisingly little slam dunking. Only from Akagi. Yeah, only. Well, that's because you have to build up to it. That's like that's like the core. It's it's the slam dunk, and so like episode one hundred one is going to have Hanamichi like breaking the glass with the, with his dunk, and that's just going to be the final credits roll. It's true. He has yet to learn his kamehameha beam. That's right. No, only Kuroko knows that. <laughs> I need to watch Kuroko. It is amazing, Casey. <laughs> it is like the best. I was really, I was. There was a part of me. I was, I was semi joking and semi not. Um, when Corey was like, "All right, we're finally gonna do this," I was like, "All right," and he, and he just is. Uh, I was like, "All right, I got to plow through thirty some odd episodes in five days. If I can watch, you know, suffer through twenty six episodes of Suzuka in two, I think I can do this in five. Um, and he, he, he just goes, "Well, Slam Dunk is good." I'm like, "I don't know." So this is where I'm half joking, half not. I've seen Kuroko's Basketball. That shit is amazing. I was hesitant to go back because I knew the animation was going to be limited. Um, I knew it wasn't going to be ridiculous superpower basketball. So but I was a little hesitant. Are, but the characters are so charming that they keep you around. Yes, they are wonderful. But no, yes, Casey, you need to watch Kuroko's. All right, well, let me, let me get deeper into Slam Dunk, and then I'll switch over to Kuroko's. <laughs> I got five episodes left, and we're doing that in what, May, Corey, or June? Um, I forget what I said for everything after this one. You son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, let's look at it. Because <laughs> I, I remember say, saying that the, the NBA finals were in May, but I thought you had said, like, June or something. Uh, April 7th is Dando. <laughs> let's see. June. Kroko's basketball in June to coincide with the NBA finals. Not just the playoffs, but the actual final game. Or the yeah, finals games. you got a while. One episode per month. You'll make it. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably finish it over the course of the next week. Yeah. It's so good. All right. Um, I digress. 
Any uh, any closing thoughts before we uh, move on to the second half of what we watched? First half's real good. It's really good. Um, I don't know. I just I just I almost feel like I almost feel like I would just be rehashing everything that you said in the last episode, but the characters are just so wonderful, and I love how Hanamichi's entire motivation is to try to impress the girl that he likes because he was always rejected in middle school, but he's a punk (laughs) and he doesn't correlate the two. And and not only that too, but to impress a girl who's already impressed by a teammate that's better at this game than him. Yes. (laughs) But he is a uh, genius basketball man. I mean, what was it? What was his song? Manly genius basketball. Player. <laughs> that was so. That was good. Uh, but that that's in the the other episodes. It is. It, it is. Oh, okay, so we can we can go on to that then. All right. Well, let's take a short break. Then we'll come back and talk about episodes fifteen through thirty-two. Hi guys! Finally, had a meet you put on the show on the court. Let's hear him on. If you can hold the ball in a hand, you'll be a great basketball player. We're back, and we're here to talk about the one true unrequited love of Ryota Miyagi. Let's go for it! It's cool to be with your brothers! <laughs> what is up with the eye catches in the really janky English? It is amazing, but it is so out of place. I know, I think it's perfectly in place. I think it's an attempt to seem more international. <laughs> I mean, at this point, basketball is the American sport. This is around the time of the Dream Team. Yeah, so yeah. I think they were really they were really trying to sell us on the the internationalness of basketball. And they were hoping maybe, hey, if we do this, it might catch on with the Americans. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, you, you have a whole episode with. Hanamichi just drooling over a pair of Air Jordans. <laughs> that is one of the best scenes in the series so far. Especially because it goes it goes into like how offensive it is to also step on or scuff Jordans. <laughs> that that is the that is that is Inoue's finger on the pulse. You betcha. I, I'm, I was really surprised though when they were passing around all the other basketball shoes before they landed on the Air Jordans. I didn't see any BKs or any pumps. Well, it was a little weird. Notice also they didn't technically call the you know they didn't technically call them Jordans. They just said this is the shoe of Michael Jordan <laughs> in the most non copyright infringing terms. I'll give you thirty yen for them. Yeah, 30 <laughs> Well, he's going to be something someday. You can just feel his spirit, so you have to sell him that. He's certainly going to be something. Uh, so where are we? We are still in the middle of the practice game with Ryonan. Yes. Yes. So, Corey, since you talked in the, fir- in the first episode, why don't you talk about the rest of the game? I forgot. What happened? <laughs> you just watched it like three days ago. And that was three days ago. I've done a lot of stuff since then. Well, we know this. Talca made a miscalculation. <laughs> Everybody makes a miscalculation. There's also huh. a player named Sendo. And yes. Sakuragi is the rebound king. <laughs> With his one rebound? <laughs> yes. And his one layup. Impact player right here. <laughs> 
But he changed the pace, Corey. You don't understand. Once he got out on that court, everything changed. <laughs> but he didn't do anything. <laughs> so, so, like, Hanamichi's skills at this point are he's really good at palming a basketball. <laughs> That's running, about it. Running from one end of the court to the other. He's really Not necessarily good at dribbling along the way, though. <laughs> no, no. Uh, it's it's really refreshing to like at least at this stage have a uh, main character in a sports anime that's as good at the sport as probably most of the viewing and reading audience. Absolutely, yeah. That's one thing I was I was thinking about when when I was watching it. I was like, you know, this isn't a guy who's played it forever and they're going for the nationals and he's learning new superpowers. It's he's a total beginner and. I, I actually really love that because of his personality. He's so cocksure that it, it actually it really helps put into perspective, you know, as a viewer or a reader, be like, oh, well, that doesn't look that hard. By making him so cocksure, but being an absolute beginner, you can realize, oh, well, maybe it's not the most simplest sport to play. I don't know. And even even his natural advantages of being tall and muscular from years of beating people up. <laughs> aren't quite helping him. Don't matter on the court. He's going to foul out. <laughs> he is the foul out king. <laughs> he, he's, he's a lot of kings in his mind only. <laughs> uh. So yeah, so what about Sindo? Since he's the he's the big rival player for this particular arc. And, prob- and presumably a big rival for the future. I, I, I choose to think of him as more of the Vegeta than the Frieza. In the overall scheme, you think he's the biggest, baddest dude on the planet, and then once he gets stomped, like, he becomes the greatest ally. Yeah, he seems much friendlier than some of the other players on opposing teams. Is this Aomine and Karapa's basketball? Uh, more of a Kisei, I would say. I think the, I think the Vegeta uh, comparison is also apt, given Sindo's choice of hairstyle. <laughs> the hair in this. I think it literally grows during games, and then it just goes back to being whatever it was when it goes to a medium shot. No, no, it just it blends into the background, <laughs> like like JoJo's hair in part three. You can't tell where the hat begins and where the hair ends. <laughs> you know, I guess just jumping ahead a little bit here, uh, one of the episodes that I think had really, really excellent animation was uh, episode nineteen, which is the the finale of this particular game. Uh, just because there is a, well, first of all, we, we have to discuss the strategy that, um, most of the characters are adopting, which is they all assume that he's going to pass to Rukawa because Rukawa is supposed to be the best player, but, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) but Sakuragi hates that guy because that's the guy that, that's the guy that the girl he's in love with is so impressed by. So he will, he absolutely refuses to pass to him under any circumstance, even if it's a, uh, even if it would really help the team at the time. He's a defensive uh, genius. That's right. Yeah. Everybody, everybody seems to go like, he's not playing to the obvious style at all. <laughs> he's brilliant. But there's a, there's a really great bit at the end, um, where, uh, Rukawa has the ball. And he, you know, he's, he has to pass to somebody and he can't see who's coming. And they're playing, like, all the while, like, the ball is flying and they're, they're playing this, like, long sound effect that sounds like an airplane taking off. And, like, you see the Shohuko, uh, 
lo- lo- jersey logo like streaking by the screen heading toward him and he says oh another player and passes it but like the way that scene is edited and shot with just the shohuko uh, logo so he knows it's an ally you have the sound effects going in the background you have this really nice build up and then of course he, t- he ends up tossing it to sakuragi and unknowingly and sakuragi goes for his dunk it's that's just a really good sequence that sort of comes out of nowhere as far as the animation quality goes absolutely i remember that one too uh the way that like they showed down the court. It was kind of like a train coming down the tunnel. You still couldn't quite see it, and it was slowly getting more and more into focus as the ball was um, heading towards Sakuragi. And then right when he catches it is when everything comes into view. I didn't think it was, like, super, you know, well animated, but it was an extremely well done sequence. It looked really good. Yeah, I might be I might be being too generous by saying well animated. Other than like you said, just it, it's a it is a more interestingly cut scene than some of the scenes that come before it. Absolutely, it, it, and it's definitely it's it's more visually interesting than you know the static shot of the player in the background wobbling in the background or someone jumping and everything is in slow motion. You know, it just it, it's more engaging, it, just the way that it is presented. So the fact that Hanamichi is a rookie here is, uh, I think, very interesting, as we've said. But it goes into it more since he goes into his first game here, and he's very wooden, and he just travels as his first action. Yeah, he just does not know. Even the most basic concepts. Thankfully, we still have the assistance of Dr. T, uh, (laughs) a.k.a. the author avatar of Takahiko Inoue, who is very candid in his own ability with basketball, uh, later telling us that he himself remembers times where he has missed nine free throws in a row. (laughs) But yeah, I actually found that valuable because I'll be honest, I don't know a lot about basketball. And I'd say it is a sport I've always sort of been keen to get more into. But I live in Virginia and we don't really have any local teams. So there's really no way for me to get into a sport without bandwagoning in some way or just (laughs) picking a team at random. UVA is pretty high up. Yeah, that's true. If I wanted to get into the college stuff, that's probably pretty accurate. Basketball is the only thing that exists. Oh, okay. My goodness, Corey. (laughs) No, that, that, that is a good point. It, it, you don't really see it in the opening episodes where they're first trying to get uh, Hanamichi on the team and first doing practice. But it really comes through in the game where it, it, it is explaining the rules. Because none of that happened before. You're just getting it right now. And if you don't know, it does help. But it also helps because – it still places you alongside Hanamichi to where you're kind of learning with him, which totally helps because like something like Kuroko's basketball, they don't explain shit. Um, (laughs) Things just happen on the screen. Um, So when you're trying to watch this complete rookie player learn and you're like, okay, so you, you know, he's screwing up. Everybody's laughing at him, but just that little bit of, okay, so this is why he's screwing up. This is what he did wrong. Now you can watch him as, you know, as he gets more comfortable um, along the game where, okay, so now he's making sure he's not doing this or doing that. And you you're growing with him and it it creates more of a more of a genuine character investment for such a a long series. 
Um, I, I, I really appreciated that and liked that too. I, I played basketball in like elementary or middle school, mostly in gym. My mom is a big basketball fan, but I really don't give a rat's ass. <laughs> I, so. I, I, played, I played, I played NBA jam in elementary school. <laughs> oh. I didn't teach me anything accurately. <laughs> Although I, I would I would I would venture to guess that Kuroku's basket not explaining a lot probably has a lot to do with Slam Dunk selling a hundred million copies. <laughs> I think it's just presumed that you got your fundamentals from there, and now you're ready to move on to the next step in Shonen Jump basketball evolution. No, I'd rather say it's more because everybody's played NBA Jam at some point by the time Kuroko's came along because they got shit like the Meteor Jam and everything in there, flaming fireballs. But see, I keep waiting for someone to yell, from downtown! (laughs) (laughs) Um, It might also be because Kuroko's is just ridiculous. There's no rules. You should. It's the greatest... (laughs) (laughs) No, I really really like this game. Um, You know... Starting with episode fifteen or whatever, I I I just can't brain that. Um, I really like the game. I thought it, it solidified the opinion I was having of where you can immediately tell who the important people are going to be because they're all giants. Um, yeah, <laughs> and and it and it showed more of what the series can do with its limited animation. It it. it I was really enthralled throughout the entire game, uh, more so than the second game that we'll talk about later. Um, I just, I really, really dug this game uh, because it, it does everything. It's a practice game. You're meeting the rivals. You're learning about the sport. Hanamichi is getting reality checks left and right, but he's also growing. It, it was kind of like the perfect first game. Especially because, like, un- unlike the game that we'll talk about later, you get the sense that at least Sindo is going to matter later, whereas this other team is probably not going to be seen again. Yeah. But we get some new characters in between those two games. Mm-hmm. The best characters. <laughs> yes. The delinquent that got susp- no got injured, and then the other delinquent that forgot about basketball. He didn't forget about it, man. He he resented it. It hurt him personally because he hurt his knee, man. And he hated everything in life. Meet John. <laughs> I can tell who your favorite character is. No, actually, Miyagi. I, I love Miyagi more. Okay, me too. I want to. I want to comment on Miyagi's sense of style because Miyagi, first of all, has that sort of interesting poofy fade haircut. And he also has that one ultra 90s ear stud earring that glimmers when he threatens people. <laughs> and of course, he also has the the best taste because he is all about Ayako, who uh, is is the better of the uh, slam dunk women that we meet. This is a true I statement. Yeah, I, I, I never got really got behind Hotaro, even if she, even if she has a new type understanding of basketball <laughs> and feel and feels physical pain when her when her team is doing well, even if she's not near them or watching them at the time. <laughs> oh no, my pencil broke. Something's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Someone has fouled. <laughs> but no, yeah. So the, the whole this this whole arc. It, it was just so good because it went. It goes back to the basic. This is a delinquent series. Forget basketball. This is about a bunch of punks who want to be the best and rise to the top and kick each other's asses along the way. 
Um, I wasn't expecting how bloody this arc was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> so violent. Um, I just... The way that it introduced the characters, like, if you watch enough anime, especially Shonen Jump, as soon as a character walks on screen, you know who's going to be important who and who's not going to be important. Like, from minute one, you know Miyagi's going to be somebody, but not Mitsui. I thought that was really well done, how he just seemed like this ancillary character who was an antagonist to Miyagi, and Miyagi was going to be the new character that we were going to, we were going to meet. Um, so I just really, I just really appreciated that for being surprising. Mitsui has to fulfill that other Shonen Jump thing, which is that you always, ha- you always have to have a villain that becomes a friend. Yes. The Vegeta. Or the but Piccolo. Was- oh, that's going See? back. <laughs> uh, but, but also, um, Okay, so I forgot the name of that John Rambo-looking bastard that he had with him. Oh, yeah. No, uh, it started with an N. Was it? I okay. I, can't I, I think it was like Tetsuo or something. Yes, but... yes, Tetsuo. Well, that yeah, doesn't Tet- start with an N. <laughs> <laughs> His surname might have. Uh, but, yeah, no, that guy just, he looked so much like late 80s Stallone. <laughs> And he just shows up just to beat up kids. <laughs> like, he doesn't have any other higher purpose than this. He's like thirty something years old. Just rolls up on the side of the of the uh, drainage ditch. You guys looking to get into some trouble? <laughs> <laughs> like a predator, or is he looking to fight? <laughs> Maybe both. <laughs> have you seen that guy? So what is the purpose of the arc, Corey? What what happens? We 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 don't even know what we're talking about. We're just saying things because it's funny. In which arc? Uh, the first. The first. The Mitsui. The Mitsui arc. Uh, which one's Mitsui? What, Corey? I watched a lot of episodes, and <laughs> I may or may not have been playing Pokemon during the during watching them. <laughs> All okay, right. Cool. So. so do you want to take it, Case? No, you, you go ahead. You've got this. This is your favorite. You have to present <laughs> it <do>. proper. <laughs> <clears throat> so basically, Miyagi is, you know, not training Ralph Macchio at the time, um, but he is instead a member of the basketball team. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. Um, he, he's a member of the basketball team, but we haven't met him before because he's spent the last like two months in the hospital for getting his ass beat. Um, you find out that the reason he got put in the hospital was he got into a fight with a whole gang of delinquents uh, led by Mitsui, who just absolutely, for some irrational reason, hates Miyagi. Um, I wouldn't say it's entirely irrational because that's just how delinquents are. You, you have to hate on the other delinquents. It's a, it's, a, it's just a thing. It's a rite of passage. Yeah. Um, and so after Miyagi comes back to school, Mitsui encounters him with his gang and tries to, to beat him up again. But then Hanamichi accidentally wanders in um, with Ayako. And then Miyagi starts fighting Hanamichi because he thinks Ayako has been cheating on him. But she's not even with the motherfucker. Um, <laughs> and it, it, just, it just turns into this huge brawl. So that's basically like one episode. The the other like five episodes is this huge plan where Mitsui takes his gang and gets John Rambo um, to go 
end the basketball team. You're like, what the hell does that even mean? And basically, they're just going to go and start a fight. If the basketball team is caught in a fight, they will be disbanded, won't be able to go to the inner high. So it's this very personal grudge that you see Mitsui having against uh, just, just basketball in general. Then proceeds two episodes of everybody beating the crap out of each other with more blood than I think Dragon Ball Z had in its entirety. Yeah, everybody has everybody has like like heavy nosebleeds and like Rukawa is bleeding severely from the forehead. He looks like he looks like he just did like a Ric Flair blade job. <laughs> His whole hair is just soaked and he passes out in a pool of blood. Um, so it's just it's just you're getting right into the meat of it with just everybody just kicking each other's ass. And then while all this is happening, of course, Akagi, the gorilla is, which I, I was struggling with this throughout the whole thing. They never make any specific statements about Akagi, but obviously he's drawn like a black man. And is this just the show being incredibly racist by always calling him gorilla? (laughs) Yeah, well, he's ambiguously brown. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, his I don't, I don't know. Is it, is it implied that perhaps one of his parents was? No, black? it's like, never implied. It's just it, he is ambiguatively brown, but they. But always... his sister is not. It's so. <laughs> and they're just gorilla, 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 and it's like that's a little uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, they, they. What do they call him? Like the King Kong of the court or something. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So anyway, so Akagi, while all this is happening, he's, of course, in class because he's an uber genius taking, like, calculus or some shit. He he answers a question in the most obscure math ever, so it has to be calculus. Um, When Akagi... What? This is a school where, in English, they're learning about Nathaniel Hawthorne. (laughs) So this is a tough school. (laughs) But yet Hanamichi somehow got accepted. I don't yeah. understand. Well, because he's the manly genius of basketball. <laughs> <laughs> you need That's to the, you need to you need to find that song and interplace it, it splice that in somewhere, Corey. I'll find it somewhere. It is good. <laughs> Once he comes back to the basketball court, all of a sudden you find out that Mitsui's just not a delinquent here to beat up Miyagi and take his revenge on everybody. Mitsui is also a member of the basketball team who hasn't played in two years because he hurt his knee. And because of sour grapes. Yes. Very, very sour grapes. And then that's like, what, three episodes of the flashback or four? Yeah, it was, a lot of episodes. It was a lot. It was really much. good. We also find out that, of course, for um, Mitsui, the coach meant a lot. Well, w- wouldn't he? I mean, Coach Anza is pretty pretty great. I'd play yeah, well, basketball if he was the coach. But this is really like like starting from these episodes. This is the most we've seen Coach Anzai do, other than be like have his cheeks pulled or prod his belly prodded. I, I, I do I do love that he looks like a he looks like a, a Jim Gordon that let himself go a little. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. For some reason, all as the minute you said that. Things that weren't bugging me started bugging me, and they all made sense. <laughs> it's because Coach Enzo, he looks like Jim Gordon. <laughs> yes, he does. Um, but yeah, no, the, I thought this was really good. Um, I really loved just this whole arc. Um, and one of the things that was really surprising, not just, oh, hey, Mitsui is not an ancillary antagonist. He actually 
plays a bigger role is actually how over the course of the four episodes where they're telling this flashback, they actually went back and recontextualized the story. Um, when you first hear the story about how Mitsui won the MVP and the district championship in middle school, it cuts out an entire chunk of what happened um, during that game. It only to just go back and show you everything again with the chunk added back in. Yeah. And I just I, I, I love it when series do that. I know it's it's not revolutionary or anything, but I just I really like it when they do that because not only does it, you know, pad your running time <laughs> but it, it also it just it it makes things feel more cohesive. You're like, okay, so Mitsui is the hot shot. He's a badass MVP. Oh, he was he just tripped and now his knees fucked up. Well, no, then you realize, oh, he fucked up his knee in the game. He went to Shohoku because Anzai um, gave him those words when he fucked up his knee in that game. It, it, it just feels more complete by giving character development in retrospect. I really, I really enjoyed that. This is also this, These episodes are also nice because we see Hanamichi get to do what he does best, which is headbutt people. Um <laughs> And also, it's nice to see him stick up for his teammates and start to see some of that cohesion come up. Because even if he's not quite on their level as far as uh, the ability to play the game goes, he's above their level in his capacity to fight. Especially when he's accompanied by his his gang. <laughs> who, who swing in on ropes like Errol Flynn characters. <laughs> How did you screw up your entrance? It was so good. I like that the other three are called and the rest. <laughs> I, we we kind of glossed over one thing that happened earlier in the arc before Mitsui and the gang came to the basketball uh, to to fight everybody. Tying into you know how Hanamichi you know sticks up for his teammates. Well, now he also has found his kindred spirit in Miyagi. They're yeah. they're basically they're they're bros for life. They, they have a heart to heart on the playground swings. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the most popular ship back in the day. Um, I, I'm also going to say um, that I, I, I enjoyed the uh, camaraderie they build just based on both of them realizing that they're doing this to impress a girl, but they're impressing different girls, so that's okay. Yes. Uh, and by the way, as far as I know, the, one of the more popular ships was uh, Sindo and Rukawa. Of course it was. So <laughs> They're both the pretty boys. Go. Although someone might write in and tell me how wrong I am about that. Hopefully. We need to know. Yeah, what were the hot ships of 1993? <laughs> Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. <laughs> no, Muggsy Bogues, man. Bugs Bunny X Monstars. <laughs> Alright, but yeah, really, really great arc, and it gave you all the uh, delinquency which you require. I fucking love this stuff, dude. I have Sakigake on my computer, and I've been fighting the temptation to just fire it up and start watching it again. Gotta watch uh, seventy more episodes of Slam Dunk first. You should. You should also. It's it's unrelated, but you should also read Taiyo Matsumoto's manga or watch the film adaptation of Blue Spring, which is about this topic. I own both, but have yet to watch or read. You'll enjoy it. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> what is this manga slash movie? Uh, it's just it's. It's Taiyo Matsumoto who did Tekken, Kinkrete, Ping Pong, 
uh, and Sonny, and this is one of his like earliest, earliest works, and it's just a series of one-shots about juvenile delinquents that huff glue and have no future and play <laughs> Russian roulette and play play a game where they stand on the... Um, they, they, they stand on the ceiling of the school on the ledge and clap their hands and see how long they can do it before they have to grab the ledge again. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it's no, good. I, I, love, I love Matsumoto's work. I, that's why... I, I have it. I just never got around to it. The movie also benefits from a really good soundtrack by the Michelle Gun Elephant. Okay. Great band. Great band. But moving on. So let's get to this next game. Because <laughs> right. yeah, we're Corey, we gotta... You should watch Crows Zero, Corey. It's like the greatest Zero. delinquent movie ever. It's a pre. It's a pre. It's a prequel movie, um, directed by Taka. Um, blah, Takashi Miike. Um, I have a feeling like you might be saying that name more often at some point in the future, but that'd be cool. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it's it's a it's a it's a prequel movie uh, based off of the manga Crows, which I mentioned earlier that I have like four volumes left to read. Which bringing that around, I I, I don't know, I don't have all of my histories um, completely lined up, but. I wonder if uh, Hanamichi is probably, you know, because Slam Dunk was so popular, like, he was the template. Because in Crows, the lead delinquent also has fiery red hair. And then, of course, in Kuroko's Basketball, Taiga has fiery red hair. Like, I, I almost wonder if, like, that didn't really get its impetus here with Slam Dunk. Well, I will also say that there is now a Japanese-American basketball player who is active in Japan, and his name is Hanamichi Sakuragi. Nice. Yeah, so life imitating art or art imitating life. Oh, I read about this Sakuragi real-life guy. Um, At least Wikipedia says that it was completely unintentional. Yeah, well, and he also apparently changed his name. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he, like... Wanted to be more Japanese. Oh, he wanted to get a. Uh, he wanted to be the slam dunk character. <laughs> well, he wanted Perhaps to be a we'll never know. And he thought the Japanese name would speak up the naturalization. Fair enough. So let's let's talk about the beginning of the inter high preliminaries. Yes. Um. So this is the beginning of the inter high preliminaries, and they're up against one of the favored or at least better teams, aren't they? Yeah. Um, at the beginning, as a result of the Mitsui uh, Miyagi Hanamichi fight, they are everyone plus Rukawa are all on the bench because they are being punished for what they have done, and they kind of get rolled over. It's like the other team is doubling their points at least. Yeah. Um, during this sort of uh, layback, we're introduced to a character who's going to be very important later. Presumably, he will be our Frieza. Uh, <laughs> and that would be... I'm trying to remember his name. Maki-san. Maki, yes. Maki. Okay, so Maki shows up. Let, first of all, Maki is fucking 30. Like, <laughs> Maki looks like when you watch a live action movie and there's a high school kid and you know, that's an adult playing a high school kid (laughs) because like he showed up in his suit and I thought he was like a coach or a recruiter or like the general manager of some kind. They're like, Oh no, it's captain Maki. No, that man is at least 10 years older than everyone else in this place. (laughs) But that's just because of how muscular and like, 
wizened he looks for a high school senior. I'm assuming he's a senior. He's probably in 10th grade, given how things work in this. <laughs> well, he's the captain. He's got to be at least 11th, second. Or he he could be an ace. You don't know. <laughs> Maybe his first yeah. name is Captain. <laughs> captain Maki. <laughs> but yeah, Captain Maki shows up. He's just there to be intimidating and watch the game to follow. In fact, a lot of his team members are there, including another long, stringy-haired guy named Nobunaga, who's watching from the stands. <sighs> because, the, because, because a thing that Slam Dunk needs a lot to pad out its time and to not have to animate so much basketball is a billion reaction shots from everybody in the crowd, even if there's only, like, 20 people in the audience. You can also go to the benches. It's true. Well, see, you have to have you have to have the reaction shot of character A, then reaction shot of character B, then A reacting to B, B reacting to A reacting to B, and then back to the main character who is still standing there. Mystery yes. Man A and Mystery Man B. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this game, as we've said, I don't feel like this one was quite as memorable as the other one. Although this is the first time we see, as the he's, even the show calls them all the best players. <laughs> On, on together at the same time. Yeah. Uh, we also find that Miyagi has a gift for passing. He's Kuroko. <laughs> no, yeah. Kuroko's not a point. Well, Kuroko doesn't really have a position. But, yeah. Uh, Miyagi is the point guard, so his job is to pass, and then if no one's open, his job is to not let the other people get the ball. Well, see, Dr. T didn't explain that to me, so... No, Dr. T has not explained any of the positions. Okay, so neither of you know the positions of basketball very well? No. All right. I'm the expert, which means I know very little about basketball, but the point guard... (laughs) The point guard is the guy that usually gets the ball on the inbound, and he then passes the ball once they get to their side of the court to the open man. Okay, well, Miyagi is very good at playing this part. Yes. Yes. And that's what matters. But no, I, I, I agree. I did I didn't enjoy this game that much. You know, I'm glad it was only four or five episodes. Only. Um <laughs> Look, look, for for years and years, a lot of what I had heard about Slam Dunk was just how drawn out it is. And I'm convinced that people are just psychotic. You can't you can't take a five minute quarter and actually have it equal five minutes in a TV show. That's just not how things work doesn't even work that way in American TV or movies. So the fact that one episode is a minute and a half doesn't bother me because the action is constantly moving. It, it doesn't feel drawn out and stagnant. Um, also but this, this also assumes that, you know, about the time distillation of manga, because in manga, you know, 26 pages really can be five minutes. Yeah. You know, it, it can pass by very quickly. Because you can read it about that fast, so so when you, of course when you when especially when somebody like Toei adapts anything anything they 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 have to draw that pet that pacing out just because they have to show the movements in between panels that would normally just occur without even blinking. This is true, but I, I, my expectations for how drawn out it was going to be were incredibly overblown by how much people th- have thrown a fit um, over the years. So yeah, it's only four that, or five. That episodes may change for the later. <laughs> true, but I didn't feel that this was drawn out no. either. Like Kuroko's feels more drawn out than this, but it's also 
way more fast paced than this, and it looks nicer. Yeah, the the big gimmick of this particular game is the appearance of Tetsuya Naito, who, by the way, Naito. Sheer, well, yeah, he's he's referred to as Nato Bean Paste by uh, <laughs> by Hanamichi, but Tetsuya Naito, who shares a name with a current popular heel wrestler from New Japan, um. But he, but Naito's gimmick here is that he was a rugby player that they plucked from rugby because he realized at the rugby team he would never go national. So he, but like his goal is that he's really good at just plowing through people and somehow not getting fouls called on him. Yeah, I'm glad they got the cheater team out of the way first. Kurokos took a while to get there. They they did. <laughs> Get the cheater team out of the way so you don't have to deal with it because it's very frustrating because you you're right there with them and you're like that was a foul are you blind <laughs> yeah they, and they keep talking about how good these guys are at hiding their fouls but they're not like I don't know if that's an issue with the animators not being able to sell the subtlety of it but like there's like there's like scenes where like he's blatantly stomping on his foot in as broad a way as possible. Or like like the like the scene of Naito just plowing into people, like shoulder charging them and throwing them across the, the court. Oh, but and Hanamichi yet, got in the way, so it's obviously his foul. Yeah, but but only Hanamichi gets fouls called on him because he's like kneeing people in the back or slamming his basketball on, on the crown of their head. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't on purpose, though. Not, not that time. You know, and I, I really didn't get a whole lot out of this game. I mean, it seems like the main purpose of it was was really to just have Hanamichi be in his first game, realize how terrible he is, and to, you know, the one lesson is this is what fouls are. This is what you should not do to not get fouls. But he didn't really learn anything. I presume that is in like the next episode. I I feel like another big point of this ep- this set of episodes too was to remind us that Rukawa is still there <laughs> because he he really didn't matter much in that last set with the delinquency. So he gets to show up and outshine Hanamichi. True. This is also the cohesion of the new team with the introduction of Miyagi and Mitsui again. Yeah. Which they're basically the best team. Like Hanamichi, like I, I, he could he could still suck for most of the series, and they could still keep progressing <laughs> through the tournament. Well, eventually they're going to need someone who can dunk. Well, as much as uh, Hanamichi talks about being the <laughs> amazing for a good portion of the match, the other team's best player was guarding him. So that means everyone else basically has free reign at the court. Yeah. Yeah. True. Well, yeah, that's true. So maybe maybe Hanamichi's true talent is just screaming that he's amazing until the best players guard him. <laughs> <laughs> he's the best decoy. Yeah, that's what happens when you're a manly basketball genius. <laughs> he's the. What did they say? He scores the most points in being funny. Ha ha ha! Got a lot of laughs. But I, I I also liked that the. That they actually did play to Hanamichi being so nervous to do a free throw that he doesn't even throw one and just gets penalties called on him. <laughs> I, I that appreciate really that. That was, that was like 15 minutes long, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. The whole they, called it, the they called it five seconds. It was so good, though. <laughs> well, it's because he's, he's envisioning every player on every team like crowding, going choke, 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 choke. And when he finally throws, he just shuts the ball. Yeah. No, that... I. I loved that. I thought it was terrific. He's like, wait, 
we can get a rebound. I'm the rebound king, and he just throws the ball, and he's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the awesome." Like, I think that was from NBA Jam. I don't know if any basketball players ever actually did that before, where you just throw the ball against the back and slam it out on a free throw rebound. But I loved it, and I love yeah. the fact that Rukawa stole it from him. <laughs> did Did either of you watch any of the dub? Yes. No. It's It's not good. <laughs> I think I watched the first episode um, because I had the discs and I was like, well, I bought these. I better use them. Uh, the dub uh, only discs that will never get a second set. Because it's dub yeah, only. Yeah, the, the dub too, it like it is so heavy on Japanese honorifics. Everybody is kun chan san all the time. All the time. And... <laughs> Like nobody, it's like it's like the director didn't even try to rein in different Japanese name pronunciations. It's like <laughs> like people will be having a conversation about Rukawa and they're like Rekawa, Rekawa, Rukua. Yeah, it's like it's just like it drives you nuts. Just nobody tried at all to make this work. Oh man! Well, that was one of those. I, I, if I remember right, that was one of those dubs that Toei did themselves, like with Airmaster way, way back in the day that they joined up with Jenny on. on. Oh, gosh. Okay. Like, years and years ago. Yeah, everybody sounded... Re- everybody also in the dub sounds really old. <laughs> so, uh, so Akagi sounds like this all the time. He, he's like the Undertaker. It's not good. <laughs> yeah, no, after, after just watching, like, the first episode or two... And realizing that this is basically a delinquent anime series with basketball happening to be part of it, I knew right away that I would never even attempt to try the dub because it just the uh, the way that the performances are delivered in the Japanese, it's very very stereotypical of that type of character, and you you can't recreate that at all in English. It just it just doesn't work. So um, we we, t- we I wanted to talk a little bit about the opening and ending animations just because I feel like they're they're both quite good. Um, the, the really only the notable the most notable thing about the ending animation the second ending animation is as I pointed out on Twitter uh, a lot of people kid themselves when it comes to sports anime that Fujoshi baiting is some recent phenomenon. <laughs> it is not like. The the uh, the second ending here ends on an image of the five main players all shirtless, sweaty, and piled onto each other in the locker room, just laying in really awkward positions. That's how teammates are. This isn't yeah. any Fukuyoshi Bay. This is I real mean, life. And really, that 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 has that was always been the secret of Slam Dunk's success is that it was. I believe it's it's still one of the most popular. Like if you, as far as manga polls go, Slam Dunk might either be number one or a, like within the top three among women in Japan as far as favorite manga of all time. It still has a really high position. I just I just can't understand how somebody would be surprised by that fact. I mean, no, obviously. <laughs> yeah. As a Fujoshi myself, I quite enjoy Slam Dunk. It's really good. Uh, but yeah, no. the, the opening animation is fantastic. It, it's it's I always like an opening where the main character and his love interest high five. Whatever happened to the high five, man? Like, the last ten years, culture has taken such a huge downturn. What is this fucking knuckle punch? Th- 
think garbage. No, it's all about thumbs it's up. Called a, it's called high a fist fives. bump, Chris. No, <laughs> thumbs up and high fives. That's where it's at. That's where it always will be. The show speaks to me. <laughs> but yeah, the the uh, I, I'm looking forward to at least some of the later games potentially looking the way they do in the opening. Uh, where the, you know it's got the filled crowd and you have the sort of the dynamic lighting. I'm not expecting Toei to spare expenses here. <laughs> they may. They, they, you never know. They may. That would be the finals. Oh, totally random aside, but it's something that I've been thinking about the whole like last week while I was watching this. Is anybody else getting kind of fed up with the recaps? Oh, like okay. Yes. Every. You know, well, but the thing is, is every episode they recap. Everything, like from the start of the series until the episode. Yes. So every episode, the recap gets longer. The last game of the practice match against Rionan, the whole first like 12 minutes of that episode was recapping the whole damn game. And all I'm thinking is maybe that's why it's 101 episodes instead of 100, because the 100th episode is literally just a recap. <laughs> it's, a, it's a recap and an epilogue. Yes. <laughs> Here's what happened in the last 99 episodes. Hanamichi started the basketball team. After being rejected by 50 women in middle school, it's like, oh my god. He fell in love with this girl, but she loved him until she didn't. And then she did again. And then it's like... It's, it, 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 I'm glad you brought that up because it really was bothering me pretty badly, especially by the point you said. Because it, it's just realizing that like half of the run, like uh, like a third of the runtime, really is recap, opening animation, and closing animation. And once I realized that and started skipping ahead, it's like, wow, this is so much shorter to marathon now. <laughs> I didn't yeah. Even it, it. Oh man. I was playing too much Pokemon to realize that. Oops. Oh, Corey. <laughs> This is your show, man. <laughs> I know. I'm terrible. <laughs> okay, but yeah. Back to the openings and endings. I love them. I want the soundtracks. They're 80s as hell. The opening's too good. <laughs> you know, you, you got that kind of kind of brass band sound, but it's a little bit muted. You know, bump, 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 bump. Da, 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 da. I love it. Oh, speaking of muting, there was that one section with Dr. T. And you hear him, or you see him talking, but you can't hear him. So he brings out a remote and turns down the volume of everything else. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cute. Nice little fourth wall break there. We just need more Dr. T, I think is what we're all agreeing here. We need the Dr. T shorts, which are like five minutes. Here's about basketball. At the end of every episode, where, you know, all right, give you something new every episode, I would be okay with that. You know, if if they remake, if they ever decide to remake Slam Dunk, I, I want I don't want Doctor T to be animated. I want it to be Takahiko Inoue wearing a backwards cap, live action Space Jam style, just entering into this animated universe. <laughs> Fund it. I don't feel like that's too much to ask. Shouldn't be. DD Slam Dunk, Doctor T. Yeah, great show. Uh, I'm really enjoying this, and I'm probably going to continue to stick with it beyond uh, talking about it on this podcast. We'll have you Absolutely. On for this again, both of you on eventually. Yeah, some, at some point later, so we should just keep watching, Casey, and we'll get to like episode 70 and then wait to figure out when we'll be on again. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> yeah, that'll be in two years, though. No. Well, that, that, that'll be when we find out which Pokemon Sun and Moon characters <laughs> that uh, Corey has captured since then. <laughs> 
Man, I don't even know about that Pokemon game. You know how long it took me to realize that there was a new Pokemon game that was coming out and it wasn't just a lot of people all of a sudden getting really kinky with their fanfic? <laughs> it took me a good week before I realized there was actually a new game coming out. <laughs> Ruby has been like retweeting everything about Pokemon now. Well, she loves Pokemon. What can I say? Indeed. All right. Um, any closing thoughts on Slam Dunk? You should watch it. You should watch it. I, I I intend to probably continue this through reading it, but I'll also watch it if we're discussing it. So there we go. You should be watching. I'm surprised you didn't whisper it, Corey. Um, I'm already basically whispering by speaking my normal volume. Okay. <laughs> Slam Dunk. Slam Dunk. Ah. Slam dunk, ah! Slam dunk, ah! <laughs> Watch the brilliant basketball man, Hanamichi Sakuragi, in action. Alright, probably continue this in May, because I apparently don't have anything scheduled for May. But, uh, where can we find you two on the internet, Chris? Do I qualify as being on the internet anymore? Still on Twitter, man. We went over this last time. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, I'm on Twitter, at Gokufi. G-O-K-U-F-F-Y. I tweet once a week now because work sucks and it's killing me. <laughs> and Casey? Uh, you can find me at Manovsky article. I tweet a lot. <laughs> also, you can find me on Space Opera Satellite, which is a podcast I host with Pat's Prime and Tom Asnable, where we talk about Legend of the Galactic Heroes. We are more than halfway through at this point. Praise be. Just in time for them Blu-rays. Just in time for them Blu-rays and the novels. My goodness. Follow both of them. Casey will make up for Chris's lack of tweaks. Correct. Well, he, he he is still going through One Piece, and that used to be like my MO years ago. So yeah, it, I, it's like, it's like a, a torch passing. He's he's going to do Toriko next, right? Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I might I probably I might actually be doing some like I said Inoue manga next, so <laughs> you might see some slam dunk in that space. But yeah, I am ten I am ten volumes away from catching up on One Piece, oh, no. and then at some point I'm going to be on the One Piece podcast to talk about that experience. Yes, I liked a three thousand word post on this is my experience in reading One Piece now over the last how long is it been six months? Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 it's it's insane to think that I've almost read all of it in six months. But if there's a series that'll do it to you, it's One Piece. That See, is that is very true. Everyone's so daunting by the length of it. Like, I mean, if you take your breaks, if you get, if you take the time, take your breaks. It, it won't take that long. Uh, people I, I, just people just are not willing to accept that it really is that good. That it's worth that much material. I'm also going to say that I think that if you try to start One Piece as an anime instead of reading the manga, you're going to run into that Toei problem of padding. It takes 30 minutes to watch a chapter play out, but it takes five minutes to read it. You know, so just read it. Just read it, guys. I actually started with the anime and then went to the manga once I caught up on the whatever English was out. And then Man, let, let's not even start swinging them dicks around with One Piece, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> we, we'll all just agree one piece is good yes <laughs> consume one piece anyway. and so is slam dunk yes. yes without slam dunk there would be no one piece friendship victory and hard work 
Put it on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, Chris Kirby from the Taiku Podcast. Without Slam Dunk, there would be no One Piece. <laughs> Damn straight. Come on and slam, and welcome to the jam. <laughs> All right. You can find me on Twitter, at Compassionate K. Podcast is on Twitter, at Taiku Podcast. T-A-I-I-K-U. TaikuPodcast.tumblr.com and TaikuPodcast.com to listen to the latest episodes. Thanks, guys, for coming on the show, talking about Slam Dunk. I'll figure out Thanks. who the guests are next time. Thank you, and I am shocked that this isn't at least two hours long. Go us. We didn't have that much. But I was on. <laughs> uh, how long was uh, Suzuka and, and Bamboo Blade? That wasn't that long. Like two and a half. That <laughs> yeah, was not that long. I swear, every episode is like two and a half hours. All right. Thank you, Corey. Thank you. those ridiculous eye catches which thank you casey for like trying your best to transcribe them and tweet them (laughs) i've been really trying well i noticed you didn't do the the first half of the newest eye catch set which is i don't even know what they're saying and that is um if it's the second if it's the second one it's uh she says something like looks like hanamichi is finally on the court let's cheer him on no i thought it was something like if if you fly like the wind with a oh, hand oh, no. on the basketball, you too can be a player or something. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. If you fly like the if you fly like the wind on your hand like a basketball, you too can be a player. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really I really love the most recent one though, um, the the ending one for this season. Uh, how far did you go? Did you stop at 32? I stopped at 32, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I just watched 32, like, minutes before we recorded, so... Okay. Let's go for it! It's cool to be with your brothers! <laughs> Which, every time that happened, it was reminding me of some song, but I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> <laughs>